Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Least Talk Forever. Uh, it's me and Scott here, here with you. Interestingly enough, only a handful of games left in the regular season. And we are rolling with another episode. It's called Load Management Season because that's the season we're in where stars get rested, big players get rested, and uh, teams kind of gear up for the playoffs. Uh, we got a couple uh Discussion points to talk about, and then uh, we're going to wrap it up because we're doing this before the Toronto-Boston game, so we want to try and be quick with it. Uh, so without further ado, let's inter- introduce uh, Scott. Take her away. Yeah. Um, uh, with Just in the news recently with the hype surrounding Michael Bunting and uh, his... Uh, well, depending on, I guess, on who you ask, his uh, theatrics or his inability to call uh, get calls. Uh, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Like, do the, you think the refs have, I mean, obviously they have an awareness of who it is, but are they, like, specifically not calling or only, like, giving double minors or coincidentals or whatever uh, because he's involved, or is that just a coincidence that's happening in this last stretch of games? Uh, yeah, um, I just wanted to get your opinion. I uh, excuse me. I watched the um, I watched the highlight pack from the Rangers Tampa game last night, and there is a couple situations where um, Corey Perry was at it, and I, I didn't see him get double minors or coincidentals or this or that. Um, same goes with Brad Marchand, obviously, a few other uh, individuals out there in the NHL that do similar things. The problem with Michael Bunting is he plays a very similar style to Darcy Tucker, uh, Steve Thomas, all these different uh, players who've gotten to the heads of their opponent. Um, the only difference is uh, Michael Bunting yaps at the refs. So, yeah, to answer your question, I do think that the refs are aware of the player. Um, 
it has been uh, known that the Toronto Maple Leafs told Michael Bunting to shut his mouth. However, I do have a bounce back question for you. Do you think Michael Bunting's antics are going to cost over the playoffs? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like that's a tough one because I feel like going into the playoffs, I, I, I feel like as I, I said that twice. I don't know why. Um, that the the team, whether Dubis and the coaching staff, or or key for the coaching staff, or Dubis, or even Shanahan, will kind of sit everybody down and tell them like what they've been seeing, what they've been thinking, what they have heard from around the league, and maybe like take it from that aspect of like mention it before the playoffs, like say to Bunting, like, you're not going to get the call, so maybe don't do it as, as what you normally would, kind of settle it down a bit on the arguing, the chirping, the trying to get in their heads in in retaliation uh, to what they're doing, not necessarily his style of play, but um, I feel like if, if he does the stuff he's been doing the last couple of games where um, maybe not so much the last game against... Um, Ottawa, but like the previous couple of games where he seems to be like chirping and in, in the face and and trying to like egg them on, and obviously the refs are going to notice that kind of stuff. Uh, and then if he takes it a step farther, like he has in the where he like screaming and yelling on the bench or chirping the refs or trying to fight players or whatever, so specifically going after players after getting hit, like those are dumb things that I think the coaching staff will tell him not to do. Um, yeah. So I, I hope I hope it, it doesn't come down to him costing us a game or or even like a period or whatever because it's too important to do that. So yeah, I think someone will, someone will mention it. Someone in the management or coaching staff or something will will sit everybody down and tell them like this is how we think it's going to go. This is how we've been seeing it as going. So maybe try to keep it in your head while you're playing that it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. So that'll kind of hinder them from doing it. And with that, obviously, the Trump believes uh, Sheldon Keefe alluded to it after their game. Uh, what game was that? Was that the Detroit game? I think it was the Detroit game. Uh, yeah, that was Kyle the game against 10 minutes. The right? league. Yeah, Kyle Dubas went to the league about, um, I guess, some of the actions or reactions to Michael Bunting. Like, Michael Bunting in those situations really didn't do much. Um he got a coincidental and then a 10 minute for whatever the heck the reason was from the ref, I guess, because his stick was in his skates. Um, and then the other one, he got a coincidental for embellishment, which I mean, like think about how many NHL players in the league embellish, <laughs> excuse me, sorry about that. In the history of the NHL, think about how many people have embellished a call and Michael Bunning uh, consistently gets embellishment calls because of that. So, I mean, I don't think it's going to really cost the Leafs, but I think that uh, it's a time and a place for him to to act out. You know, get in the opponent's head, chirps him from the bench, whatever, whatever. But one time, just one time, I want to see Michael Bunting drop his gloves. You know? Yeah, I don't think it'll... And I mean, I guess it depends on who it is, but I don't think it'll go too well for him. Like, I don't see him as an actual physical player. Like, he, he, he's not dominating physically or, or threatening with his fighting ability. He's just getting your head by the stuff he does around the play, right? So, I don't know if actually yeah. fighting someone, depending on who it is, but 
I, I just don't see that going well for him because he's not actually a fighter. He's like people would call him a rat, right? He like gets under your skin with his antics to get you off your game. Yeah, that's true. But neither is Brad Marchand or Corey Perry, and they still fight. Yeah, but like they don't always. Well, that, yeah, I'm not saying he won't fight. I'm just saying like there's a, a portion of of Leafs fans who I've seen are like just drop the gloves and show them or. Or just just show them that you're actually the physical player. Everybody pretends you are, or whatever. But he's actually not. Again, he may throw a hit here and there, but like his actual game isn't physically dominating. It's like give you a little slash when the ref isn't looking, or or like a little jab or punch in the face, or say something when the refs aren't around to to get under your skin and throw you off your game, right? Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't necessarily think we'll, he'll impact the Leafs overall uh, playoffs, uh, the overall playoff, um, I guess the outcome of the playoff rounds. I do think that he, he could impact them in a positive way. He could draw someone in and take a penalty. You know, I mean, even if he draws in Stamkos and he gets coincidentals, like if he draws in Stamkos and Stamkos goes off or Kucherov goes off, that's that's good for the Leafs, right? Or yeah, Edmund they- or whomever. Yeah, and like that's the way it should be. Like if oh, I, I, besides like the cross checking thing where like he was cross checking from behind, you could argue he dove whatever. But like most of the time, that's not called double or coincidental. That's just cross checking. But like if he's doing it like that to get them off the ice, where he like digs up a scrum and then they they start pushing him around, he starts pushing back, and they both get taken off. Yeah, that's a benefit. But. I mean, this season specifically, he's shown that he can't just leave it at that where then he argues that he's getting a penalty. He yells at the refs. He continues to, after the penalty from the bench, like he just takes it that one step further, which I think is where the issue will come from. Yeah, that's valid. Like if he just left it as doing it to get the guy off, so you both get coincidentals, no matter who it is, right? Like obviously anybody in the playoff series can have an impact in different ways. But he just never seems to be able to leave it at that. It's always, specifically this season, I've noticed it more. It's always taking it that one step further where he he continues to draw attention to it. He continues to argue, chirp, whine, whine about whatever happened, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I guess that's where it's kinda, he's kind of, he's kind of shooting himself in the foot a little bit because he's constantly mm-hmm. complaining to the refs. Just causing issues, so I guess that makes sense. But I don't know. I, I personally just think that it would be cool to uh, see, him, see him drop his gloves. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if it's yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't like that. I'm just saying I don't think it'll go well. Oh no, he'll probably get his lunch fed to him, but that's okay. It'd be cool to see him beat up a guy like uh, uh, Evander Kane. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, well, what do you mean? At least I'm making the first round. Come on. Oh yeah, true. Um, so with that, let's transition into someone who can hold um, uh, Michael Bunting accountable, and he returns to the lamp tonight, and that is no other than Ryan O'Reilly. Let's go. Who doesn't like Ryan O'Reilly? Ryan Riley returns after a four-week. Uh, yes, sorry. 
Um, Brian O'Reilly returns after a four-week, almost four-and-a-half-week layoff due to injury. And we see him in action right now, and it looks to be that he's going to be on the third line. With Kerfoot. Anchoring a line with Kerfoot and Achari. So yeah, I don't I don't see him staying. I mean, not this game, but I feel like they're just doing this to get it like his legs back under him because he's been out for a little under a month. Uh, but once he starts to pick his yeah. game back up, uh, I I think they'll go back to that Marner O'Reilly Tavares line that was clicking for the first four or five games he was there. Yeah, the Ontario line. Yeah, yeah, but that's a stupid that's name, and I refuse to call it. Why? Because there's a whole bunch of players on the team from Ontario, so it just doesn't make sense that they just call it. Like, they could have come up with anything other than Ontario line, and then they just looked at the yeah, basic information. Um, of, looked at the basic information about the players and just said, "Yeah, let's just call them that because they're all from Ontario." Yeah, I'm just saying for whoever's listening, this is a prime Scott Lazary situation. Just can't keep up with the trends. This what? guy. There's been great names for lines, like the production line. Like the yeah, Ontario line you, sounds dumb. Who's the production line? I don't know. <laughs> who's the perfection line? You a fan of the production line? Perfection? Uh, who's that? That's Marshawn, Pasternak, and Bergeron. Okay, wait, production line. Uh, and then whoever else, like that, that like they get line. We're all like talking, they were all producing, it makes sense. But just, just to say, oh, let's just call them the Ontario line because all three players are from Ontario. Uh, to me, that's just dumb. Yeah, they literally had a line called the French Connection line because all of them were. Gordy House. Gordy House, Sid Abel, Ted Lindsay. That was the production line. Uh, yeah, but I'm not saying that I like the French connection line. Like, I think that name's dumb, too. All right, well, on this show, it's known as the Ontario line. Like it or lump it. I mean, on any show, it'd be known as the Ontario line, I think. True. Um... <clears throat> But anyway, so just a uh, yeah, just a I look think, at their lines quickly. Hopefully, they don't. Just continue. Hopefully, they don't keep them as. The, hopefully, they don't keep them as the third line center for the future. I guess, like I don't know, just the decisions Keith has made sometimes baffles me. But I could see him trying to keep him on the third line there instead of moving him up. Back with Marner and Tavares. Yeah, so right now it's Bunting, Matthews, Yarncroak, Nylander, Tavares, Marner, Kerfoot, O'Reilly, Achari, Ashton Reese, Camp, Lafferty, McCabe, Brody, Geo Hall, Riley, Shen, Samson off the starter, Wall the backup. That's tonight's game. I don't imagine that the game one lineup will look too, too much different, maybe. O'Reilly up in whatever the situation may, may be. Yarncroke may want a third, whatever. Um, Wait, did you say anything? But yeah. No, I, I said I said O'Reilly up and Yarncroke on the third. 
no, no. But I mean, like, I didn't hear Nylander's name when you were reading the lineup. Oh, yeah. Play. Nylander, Tavares, Marner. Oh, yeah. It's the second line. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I think, so. Yeah. I could see them moving Nylander. Tonight's a big game, though. Like, tonight's, tonight against Boston. Like, what do you think? You think this is a – is the – well, they got a couple. Well done, but do you think these are real tests for the playoffs to get them going? I mean, maybe. You could argue that, but in the end, it doesn't matter when or lose. Like, obviously, people will throw it out there as that to build up hype or try to diminish the, the potentials of the Leafs in the playoffs in the case of some fan bases around the league. But like, if Toronto doesn't play well, I don't think it has any impact on how they're going to play in the playoffs. Even if Boston has a, a dominating playoff style of of play that they're going to implement, I think one game doesn't necessarily mean anything in regards to what comes after it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what were you saying about Nylander? Oh, I was just going to say I could see them moving Nylander up, uh, O'Reilly back on the second line, and then bunting to the third for the playoffs. I think a line of Matthews, Nylander, Yarncroak would work pretty well. And then you have the other three on the second line, and then your depth, bigger grinders, get under your skin-style players as your bomb sick. Um, just looking quickly. Give me a second here. Um, it looks like... The game might still be on, so let me just look up uh, the Frozen Four. So Matthew Nyes played at, I think, 10 after 4 today. Um, and if he gets beat down tonight or today, then he can sign down with Toronto as soon as tomorrow. Uh, however, it is, it was revealed that, um, <clears throat> it was revealed today that there could be an issue with the signing bonuses. Who's, who's signing bonuses? Uh, nice. Cause he gets like signing bonuses and performance if a bonus is technically in a, in a entry level contract, right? Um, oh, I didn't know that. but Toronto's foregone, like like the players have foregone them or forego them or whatever. Like just kind of like Sandine, Robertson, they've all skipped them so they can move to the NHL faster so it didn't count towards the contract. And apparently Matthew Nice wants it. Is. But then where's the issue coming? Like cap related? The issue is like, the yeah, because signing bonuses count towards the cap, right? So if he but signs so even if they, Even if they send guys down to clear cap, like, yeah, but it's not about this year. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, so then what's the issue? Because the cap doesn't count in the playoffs. Yeah, but the cap counts now. Yeah, so but I guess then it's, the it's, issue is it's, to try and get him into the NHL. Like, if, if he gets built today, he could play technically, let's say, next Tuesday against Tampa. But I think it's just kind of trying to get him. Well, maybe not anymore because not Matthew Nyes, I guess, or uh, Matt, Matthew Nyes, Matt Murray, I guess maybe won't matter. But I guess that's part of the issue is uh, Toronto doesn't want to 
Toronto doesn't like giving you know sign bonuses and performance bonuses to prospects, so then they can move to the NHL faster. They don't have to worry about paying the additional on their cap. But Matthew yeah. Nice wants the bonuses. I would just do it, to be honest. You know why I would do it? Here's why. Um, Rasmus Sandin traded. Nick Robertson could potentially be a bust. Like, he could be injury-prone and a bust. Let's just skip ahead. Like, Lilligren didn't do it. Like, all these players. Lilligren could be a decent player. Sandin could be a decent player, but didn't fit in Toronto's system because of their defense. I would just take a chance on giving Matthew Nizet and hope that that could be, you know what I mean, change it up. Like I, sometimes I believe that kind of thing is like if you do the same thing over and over again, it doesn't and, and you expect different results. What's that insanity? Yeah. So if Kyle Dubich just says, "Okay, we'll give you the sign bonus," you never know. Maybe not. Maybe not the sign bonus, but maybe that's just the luck of the draw, and then we have good luck with Matthew Nass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't really understand that though, because if they send all the guys where they have the extras right now down. Plus, like they they had a plus cap after the deadline, so if they send down Simmons and Timmons and whoever else, then should that not just clear the cap for um, Matthew Nice, and then they could just give him the signing bonuses? Yeah, you would think, but I uh, guess not. And then just call them back up for the playoffs when cap doesn't matter, as long as you're roster uh, compliant. Yep, you would think. But uh, I don't know. Elliot Freeman reported that today on the Jeff Merrick show that he heard that sign bonuses and performance bonuses were the, would be the issue in terms of getting a, a, salary, or a, um, a contract signed. I mean, unless we're looking at it from a cap issue standpoint, but it's actually an issue of the Leafs don't want to give them and Matthew, or Matthew Nice wants them. And it has actually nothing to do with the salary cap. Yeah, that could be it. Uh, just so you know, okay? Just so everyone is aware, it is currently two-two in the in a in the Minnesota State or Minnesota Men's Hockey first Boston U. Um, and apparently, Minnesota has been dominating the game so bad that if they didn't hit so many posts, it could have easily been ten to two. And they've hit Damn. like numerous posts. They're going into the third right now with a uh, with one minute on a five on three, and it's two-two. But, I mean, Matthew they have Nice's the best line in hockey. Matthew Nice plays for Minnesota? Yeah. they the, Minnesota Minnesota has Logan Cooley, Matthew Nice, and uh, Jim, uh, Jimmy Snuggeroo. Yeah. Who's the best? And Jimmy Snuggeroo is kind of like uh, Nick Robertson and Matthew Nice. Like, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Snuggeroo was drafted, like, 29th overall by, by St. Louis. And now he's potentially could be, like, at the end of the day, if they did a redraft, he could be in the top 10. Like if they did a redraft five years from now and he he continues on this projection, he could be like the top ten pick. That was missed out on. And Logan Cooley, numerous people have said this. Like I thought Slavkovsky would have went number one. Like I told you that Shane Wright could have went. Logan Cooley could have went. I thought Slavkovsky because of the situation where he had the uh, whatever was the Olympics when he had like seventeen points or whatever. Um, But. I will admit that I was probably wrong. That's probably Montreal as well. Logan Cooley probably should have won one. Like 10 years from now, Logan Cooley will probably be the best person on that draft class. 
people say Logan Cooley is the best hockey player. That's not in the NHL. I mean, maybe. Like, it's hard to say, though, because unless they're, like, hyped as a generational talent, like McDavid or Bedard, where they're going to come in and put up 100 points every year, everybody knows that. Like, next year, Slavkovsky could go off and get 80, 90 points, and then, like, if Logan Cooley doesn't do that, or like, then Montreal looks like they made the right choice, right? Yeah, that's true. Just the, I mean, obviously, I, I don't think – I thought in my head, obviously, which doesn't really matter because I'm just a fan, but I thought Shane Wright would have went one. But then now look at him. Like, he kind of had issues there in Seattle where they weren't playing him, and, and now everybody's kind of slightly chalked him up as a potential bust because he didn't pan out in the first season. But if they're not hyped as a McDavid-level player, which neither Cooley, Shane – I mean, maybe Shane Wright for the genera- or the exceptional player status. But and his actual draft, like hype when they were going into the draft, like, I don't think anybody was hyping him as the next Connor McDavid. They were just hyping him as the next like superstar or potential superstar of the league. So if Slavkovsky yeah. and Shane Wright had bad first years, that doesn't mean that they're going to have bad second years, right? And then Logan Cooley's first year in the league could also be just as bad, maybe not just as bad, but also bad. And then they could go off their second years. Right, like you never know. Like Lafreniere was supposed to be a hundred-point player in the NHL, and and he's found a third-line role, and and the Rangers putting up forty, fifty points a season, right? So, like, yeah. If it, I don't, unless you're like a, in my head anyway, unless you're like a McDavid, uh, Bedard-level hype player, I feel like it, it's just a toss-up for your first couple years in the league. It's up, kind of up to the player to to make sure that they develop more than the team. Um, also, side note here, just quickly, then we will roll on to the last two points. Um, Piringval, Island, New York Islanders fans are saying that uh, $4 million AAB would be a good average, uh, average annual value for him. For Piringval? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. People are what? saying it may be considered high, but the Islanders might need Ingval more than Ingval needs the Islanders. What, what are you clicking on? I just tapped on my finger, my finger on the computer. Oh, okay. Well, it's making like a loud noise. Eh, that's okay. Um, Engvall. I don't know. Like that. That's funny how that always happens, though. Like a player leaves is is not necessarily a, a like a top end guy in Toronto, but like a good role player who. Gets and then while he's on Toronto, every, like no other fan base really has any interest in him. They they just rip on him because he plays for the Leafs. And then the second he goes to another team and has a good couple games, it's like why the Leafs get rid of this guy? He needs to have four million dollars salary. Like he only has, he yes, has eight sir. points in fourteen games, which isn't bad. But like, it doesn't seem like he's having any better production in in, in the Islanders than he had for the Leafs. So I don't if if I don't know it just it's always funny how that works. Like a player who's considered a role player for the Leafs leaves, and then he becomes like a quick fan favorite in another team that he goes to, and they're like, "You need to pay him because the Leafs underappreciated him, and he's actually better than what everybody said he was." Meanwhile, he maybe isn't that good. He's just having a good stretch of games because he's gained momentum or or um confidence from the trade of being in a new situation and new role. Yeah. 
I don't know, just uh, $4 million is a lot of money. Okay, let's uh, quickly roll on here. It's we got on brand um, for the Islanders, too, though. No? Well, that's true, yeah. Look at all the big contracts they've given out in the last 10 years. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so we have uh, just a quick note, and then we'll get into one last discussion, and then we'll wrap her up. Oh, actually, let's take a break quickly, get back to our, our uh, get to our ad read, and then we'll come back here. Uh, stay tuned, write down this promo code, and we will be back in a few seconds. From the tees to the green, the best place to go to to get in and all the action happening on the links is DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers will receive an odds boost to add plus 1,000 to any pre-tournament wager up to $10 on, on any golfer to win. So, for example, if you are a new customer and you see a golfer to win the tournament at plus 1,000 odds, DraftKings will boost that golfer to plus 2,000 odds for your shot at a bigger payout. DraftKings will also be featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day before the tournament starts to see what they have in store. One golfer that I'll be probably placing a bet on is Scotty Scheffler. It's the Masters, and it's time to win some money. Scotty Scheffler is currently sitting at second on the best odds to win the tournament, so place your bets and get them in. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN and boost your odds during the weekend's tournament. That code, THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Alrighty, we are back. Promo code THPN. Uh, With the playoffs coming up, bet if you can. Uh, Sometimes it makes it a little bit more. I mean, playoffs is already exciting. However, sometimes it makes it a little bit more on the edge of your seat because you could win a couple extra dollars, but bet responsibly. Uh, So one quick note, and then we'll get into our final talking point. Uh, Leafs can clinch home ice if they win or get a single point tonight. And if Tampa loses, so Toronto gets uh, brings it to overtime or wins against Boston and Tampa Bay loses to, I forget who they're playing. Um, They're uh, they're uh, they lock up home ice. Tampa is also Anthony Cirelli is not playing and they're also playing Brian Elliott as their starter tonight so there's a high chance i'll look up who they're playing but uh, there could be a high chance that toronto could um tonight of all nights lock up home ice uh just quickly here sure tampa bay is playing the islanders who has been have been relatively hot as of late so uh we will keep a close eye on that as well and our last talking point discussion is load management. So the episode was called Load Management Season. Toronto's going to be load managing teams on, uh, or game, excuse me, players on probably Tuesday or Monday when they play Columbus. Uh, um, and I imagine probably against the Rangers, maybe some Florida, especially if Matthew Nye joins the team. So, uh, Scott, what is your opinion on load management? I hate it. I mean, the, I don't, the NHL doesn't have it as bad as the NBA where some players – at one point, I think it was like last year, two years ago, Kawhi Leonard sat out, or even the season he played with the Raptors, he sat out a lot. Uh, whereas in the NBA, it seems like players are sitting out like every other game as load management. Like the NHL hasn't got to that level yet, but um, in my head, especially in today's uh, professional athlete, in the life of a professional athlete, where 
they're constantly working out, they're constantly at the like making sure they're in shape, they're conditioned, whatever. I don't see how sitting out one or two games in the final ten is is actually any kind of like it, I don't I don't know. It doesn't make sense that they'd want to do that. I I'd feel like you just play those two games and then go into the playoffs because are those two games off really going to do much for you when you're already conditioning yourself to make sure you're in game shape every day of your life? Um, I think the only thing, like I'm kind of, I don't, I don't really care if teams dress players. That doesn't, I think it bothers me more when they're protecting assets for trade related reasons at the deadline and teams are sitting on players like two weeks. The only thing I think that frustrates players is like, for example, if Trump sits Nylander, so Nylander has three goals in his last 10 games, uh, kind of been quiet, hasn't been as uh, productive as he was. If he starts picking it up in the next week and then they sit him two games next week, he could actually lose that mojo and then have to start fresh. You know what I mean? On the yeah. counterpoint to that, I mean, I guess it's not really a counterpoint, but additionally, Mitch Martin's at 96 points, I think. He wants to get to 100. If Toronto sits him out, if they play him tonight and then they send him out Saturday and then they play him, say, Tuesday against Tampa and then they play him against Florida and then that's it, like some people are saying rest your stars till the playoffs. It's like don't play them, which is ridiculous. However, players want those personal accolades as much as they say it's a team sport. We get it. It is. They want to win the Stanley Cup. Personal accolades matter too. Um, So – those are the two things that I have issue with. If Toronto wants to rest Austin Matthews and he had 60 goals last year, he had 60 goals this year. If Edmonton, for example, if Edmonton wants to rest Conor McDavid and he has 130, 140 points and they rest him for a game at the end of the season, yeah, sure. Like when I went to the Toronto Maple Leafs game, it was the year that they made the playoffs, the first year in Austin Matthews uh, era. And they rested Freddie Anderson in a few defense. Uh, and it was Chris McLean, who was still a fan favorite, so it was nice. However, like, if that's the only game you get to go to and they're resting all their stars, that kind of also pisses me off. But I get players can be tired regardless of personal or professional athletes or what. I, I get it. It's tiring. Like, it's probably taxing on your body, the trip or the travel and this and that. But, I mean, at the same time, it's even more of a grind in the playoffs. So, um I would personally want to play right through, you know what I mean? Also, it sets a precedent when your oldest player, Mark Giordano, doesn't want to be sad. Like, he's been sat twice, and he doesn't want to. He just wants to play. So it kind of yeah. sets that in motion for all the younger guys. Like, say, for example, they went to uh, – well, I mean, Timothy Logan is a bad example, but let's just say they went to – I don't know who's a young guy on the team. Uh, I don't even know. Uh, let's just say they went to uh, Morgan Riley and said, hey – uh, Mark Giordano doesn't want to sit. He wants to play the, all all the games he can. Will you be open to sitting? If I was Morgan Riley and I was 22, I'd be like, uh, no, I don't want to. I want to follow in Mark Giordano's footsteps because look what he's done in his career. You know what I mean? Rather than being, yeah, sure, I'll sit this game, mm-hmm. this game, and this game so I can be rested for the playoffs because also momentum and mojo, when you rest, it takes a night off too. Yeah. But also in, in the NBA, it's completely different, as you mentioned. Like, I, I, I don't like when it's like, I don't know, December 1st, and it's a primetime game, and people want to watch it, and the Lakers and Clippers are sitting LeBron James and Kawhi just because they're 
doctors and psychologists and trainers that are telling them that they need to load manage these guys. They got poked in the eye and have to be carried off the court. That's the thing that bothers me. Like if Toronto rested Austin Matthews on a game that I was going to go to on January 2nd, that would piss me off. But if I if I picked up last minute tickets for the last game of the season and they were already locked up for home ice playoff, you kind of expect that maybe not all the players going to play, regardless if you know, regardless if you're happy or not. But like, if a team's just sitting players mid season because of it, but the NBA is also introducing a new rule that you have to have a minimum games played to win accolades. Is now did you hear about that? Yeah, but it's like no, no. So Kawhi Leonard could. Actually, only play like say 30, 40 games in the season and win and win MVP. Like, there's going to be a minimum. Like, you can't win MVP off five games. Obviously, there obviously well, no, is some yeah. kind of um, bare minimum. But like LeBron James could win Defensive Player of the Year and have I don't know sit forty games in the season, sit half the year. Now, I th- I think it's like something like they're they're saying like you have to play sixty or sixty five games or something like that to be able to be nominated for awards, which is good because like, what does that leave? 27 games, roughly? Yeah. No. So. If you're playing 65, it's 17. 17, sorry. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, so obviously, uh, the, as you mentioned, it's not as big a deal with the NHL, but. I mean, it's still annoying, though. Yeah. Like I, and I get that like it's the end of the season, playoff spots already locked up. You don't necessarily need home ice on this game, but you can still clinch it. But like, um, just like the last ten games of the season, and when you're already in the drag of of waiting for, or excited about the playoffs, and you just want them to start, and then you flip on a game, and Mitch Marner, Nylander, Matthews aren't in the game, and their top line is like Bunting, Camp, and Lafferty, and you're like. Like what? What's the point of watching this game when like it doesn't matter because everything you already need is already solidified. But then if Matthews and them were in the lineup, it at least gives like some excitement to the game, even if it doesn't matter in the end, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think so it was about two minutes. Oh, sorry. Continue. I think it was Kobe. Kobe Bryant, um, and I, I think I saw this on like Facebook or something. So I mean, take it with a grain of salt because it came from social media. So I don't know if it's actually true or not. But I, I heard a story once where his wife or something asked him, like he was like beat up and after a couple games or whatever, and he was still playing. And his wife asked him why why he would still play and not just sit out and rest his body. And he said because there's fans who pay money to come see me play. So why would I sit out when they're Spending their hard-earned money, like it, it's a two-way street, right? They pay to see me play, mm-hmm. so the least I could do is play, so then they could see me. Yeah, that's how it should be. Yeah. I just want to quickly check here. Um. Uh, what do we want here? What day we on? Uh, one. Sixth of April. So it looks like so Regina won the so Connor Bedard has 
uh, eight goals and five assists and uh, for 13 points in four games and 26 shots on net. They won 6-1 game one, 6-5 in OT game two. They lost 4-3 in game three, and they lost 4-3 in OT as well in game four. So it goes back Friday, Saturday, uh, Regina, or Saskatchewan, Regina, I believe. Yeah, Regina, Saskatchewan. Uh, Toronto, uh, uh, Connor Bedard could be um, the first one out of, I think, since Sidney Crosby or Nathan McKinnon to win uh, his his own CHL like division like WHLQ and OHL uh, season award or season championship. Um, yeah. So with that, uh, that's a wrap on it. We finished strong. I think we uh, got as much done as we could. Uh, the Leafs game is now on. So hope you enjoy that. And we'll be back with you next week. Remember subscribe to our, uh, our social medias, uh, check on our website, um, like comment and, uh, Um, share the podcast and we will be back with you next week for more. Have a good week.